The Universal title is held hostage yet again. We have our March Towards Survivor series and no more Bullet Club. It's our next installment of the Double Turn podcast starting right now. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the next edition of the Double Turn Podcast. It's Boss Ross coming at you. The J-Man sitting this one out tonight. His wife did just give birth to their second child, second son into the world. So I want to say congratulations to the J-Man. So I will be flying solo on this edition of the Double Turn Podcast. Lots of places you can find this. Of course, my favorite is Spotify. That is where I tell people to go. Check it out in any of those that we previously mentioned. That is the Double Turn Podcast. Normally, again, the J-Man here with Boss Ross. As we normally do, this week in wrestling has so much, so much to get into. There, of course, is the fallout uh, from the last pay-per-view we had, which was unbelievable. Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. We'll get into that. I've got my three count for the week. Match of the week, show of the week, segment of the week. And, of course, we're marching towards the big event Survivor Series coming up here in a couple of weeks in which they are doing Raw versus SmackDown. And got some news from New Japan Pro Wrestling in a certain major group that has been defining wrestling for several years. Done? Well, we've got lots of that. And, of course, uh, I'll give you my thoughts on the wrestling of the week. But we must start. I have to tell you, I really don't want to recap Crown Jewel, so I'm not going to waste your time. Uh, That show had a lot of controversy surrounding it. Um, The WWE decided that it was a business decision to continue to do the show. They did the show, and yet they treated it as if not only it was a glorified house show, which, which essentially a lot of these end up being, but they also, by the way they booked it, decided that they didn't really care, and they just wanted to get through it. Uh, The one match that, of course, everybody is mainly talking, actually the two main things that people are mainly talking about from that show are the fact that Shane McMahon replaced The Miz in the finals of the WWE World Cup Championship and beat Dolph Ziggler in a two-minute match. Shane McMahon, best in the world. Unbelievable. Of course, apparently this is storyline driven. Um, I have to believe John Cena was probably scheduled to win the event before he pulled out of the event because of the controversy going on with Crown Jewel. So they kind of had to throw something together and make it so that no wrestler would actually be attached to the title best in the world on a show that probably a lot of people didn't want to do. But business contractually wise, they had to do so, you know, they couldn't get sued. So. That being said, they changed their mind. I don't know what the point of this is unless they're going to turn Shane McMahon heel because, you know, that's what we need. Another heel authority figure on another show since that's what we need. So and then, of course, the other match was uh, the fact that Braun Strowman got absolutely squashed by Brock Lesnar in less than three minutes. Some people are saying this was a protected squash because... Baron Corbin hit Braun Strowman with the belt, and then Strowman was able to kick out of multiple F5s. I believe he kicked out of four, but then the fifth one got him. Um, I don't care how you slice it. 
that character as a main eventer as of this moment is dead. It's dead. There's no other way to explain the fact that they have absolutely no faith in Braun Strowman being their universal champion at this very moment. Now, I realize you get a rematch of Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles at the next pay-per-view, which tore the house down at Survivor Series 2017. I'm sorry, but this to me, this was the time to pull the trigger on Braun Strowman, and you didn't do it. So now Brock Lesnar is probably going to carry the belt into what would supposedly be his match against Daniel Cormier in the Octagon, since, you know, it's the WWE title in a UFC world that means nothing. So it's a red belt that everybody's going to be like, ooh, ah, it's not going to mean anything. So, albeit to me to question the validity of some choices here, but I really feel like Crown Jewel was a waste of everybody's time. They had to do it, so they did it. Now it's over, and now they can move on to another pay-per-view that basically means nothing, which is Survivor Series, which I'll get to here as uh, we've got a couple of weeks until that show uh, is in the books. But they essentially were starting to book for that show, which is then booking for TLC, which is then booking for the Rumble, which is then booking for WrestleMania. Yeah, great. Let's just book for five pay-per-views in a row. I should say five pay-per-views all at once. Let's just do that and hope for the best. It's insane. I have to tell you, everybody, so uh, this is the this is the point in the show where we're going to do the three count. And since it is myself this week, and I believe the last time we did one of these, I copped out and said that uh, Roman Reigns essentially retiring was my three count this week. So here's my three count of what you need to know uh, are the, are the important things of this week. Uh, and, and of course it goes one, two, three, just like the counts in wrestling. So the three most important things of the week, uh, number one, I have to tell you that this company decided that crown jewel was still going to be a thing and they have routinely told people that they want to do things different, and yet here they are once again going with a status quo with a pay-per-view that nobody could care about that they essentially said, don't ever watch this again because we don't want to have anything impactful on this show. Congratulations. Unfortunately, when you're a company that continues to do this and continues to tell people, don't pay attention to B-level pay-per-views and house shows, and you don't have title matches on your television show, and you don't have anything important happen unless it's at SummerSlam, WrestleMania, or the Royal Rumble, or Money in the Bank, you're telling people not to care. Now, I realize that the pay-per-view business as a whole, uh, they saw the direction of it, they decided to go with the network, but as a fan base, I'm sorry, you have to give the illusion that you're going to do something different. And I'm sorry, but delaying Braun Strowman being a main eventer and being the universal champion for six months does not help him. There is one storyline where it helped you delaying a guy getting the big belt. That's Daniel Bryan, and it paid off, and it only paid off because CM Punk quit. So, oh, and the fact that the whole Batista and Randy Orton thing, no one was going to care about. So... You kind of fell backwards into that one. I'm sorry. When you book baby faces, which I realize Braun Strowman is now recently another baby face again after being heel and then Roman Reigns retired, so they kind of had to set the reset button. When you tell people not to care about the good guys, of course they cheer the villains, which gets me into another point about how everybody thinks Becky Lynch is so great. She's a heel. You're not supposed to cheer, change her music, change everything she does, make her booed and reviled. 
She's not the best thing going in wrestling right now. I'm sorry. Yes. Is she talented in the ring? Yes. Are her promos getting great? Yes. That's a baby face. Heels are not supposed to be liked. Heels are not supposed to be cheered. Heels are supposed to do things that get fans to not buy their merchandise, to not care about them, to want to see them lose. That's a heel. So when you tell people that baby faces get beaten down and beaten down and beaten down, we stop caring about them. It's not that hard. It really isn't that hard, and they make their fan base go insane by doing these things. All right, number two on this week. I've decided that Survivor Series is now bragging rights and Night of Champions rolled into one, meaning Night of Champions where the titles are all on the show, but bragging rights because none of it matters. So Survivor Series is now another glorified house show. Great. Oh, I'm sorry. It's now a glorified pay-per-view where nothing's on the line. Let me tell you something. You could say in the in, in some Survivor Series match, right? The winning team, if there's a lone survivor, they get 30. Okay? Or the surviving members get whatever number they want in the Rumble. Or some other plan where something's on the line. When you're telling me, ooh, we're going to have champions versus champion matches and nothing really matters, why should I care? Why should I care? There's no titles on the line. There's no stipulations. It's bragging rights with champions in it. That's all it is. And nothing's on the line. So it's even worse. It's even worse. It's un and you know what stinks? They still have carte blanche to do whatever they want. So nothing's going to hold them accountable to do anything better because they know that you're going to watch Raw and you're going to watch SmackDown. Some of you are still going to watch 205 Live, which by the way, it is getting better, except for maybe this week and a couple of the weeks. NXT, UK, the tournaments, the house shows, you're all going to show up because there's nothing else. So unless you want to pay for a subscription to watch New Japan or you're in a market where you get Ring of Honor or you have to follow it online or you actually pay attention to Impact, which I'll get to my minute of Impact here later in the show, there's no competition. There's no onus for them to do any better because no matter how bad things are or how bad their writing is or how bad their pay-per-views are, they're not going to change because they're still making money and that's what matters. And guess what? I accept the fact that they want to make money. I'm all for it. I'm a capitalist. You want to make money? Great. Put a product out that people like instead of dread every week or say, well, things could be better. And you have a pay-per-view like SummerSlam where things are great. And now that was three months ago and we're already back to, well, they could have done this or they went back to the status quo or they decided not to do this because they were scared, or they just decided to put on a pay-per-view where nothing should matter. It's infuriating. And lastly, I got to tell you, I had my doubts about Kurt Angle coming back as a wrestler. I had absolutely no doubts about him coming back as a promo. And let me tell you something. That match he put on with Drew McIntyre this week was unbelievable. And I'll tell you why. Because 
as limited as Kurt Angle is, he and Drew McIntyre told a story in the ring. Okay? That's a match where you needed some time to sink into the fact that Kurt Angle's fighting against the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. Great nickname, by the way. He fought, he scratched, he clawed, and Drew just beat him and stared in his face and said, I'm better than you. And Kurt Angle almost had him beat. He had him in an ankle lock. And at the end, the young lion just beat him. That's a great story. That's somebody I want to get behind. Yeah, he lost. And Drew McIntyre is much more gifted athletically right now because he's much younger. He's gotten bigger. And Kurt Angle's this broken down guy. Just fighting to be the team captain for Raw. And he loses. That's a baby face I can get behind. Contrarily, I've got Baron Corbin who wants to screw over everything and then puts Angle in a match he knows he can't win or at least he knows he shouldn't win and doesn't and runs from Bar- and and runs from Braun Strowman all right all night. That's a proper heel. I'm not supposed to cheer Baron Corbin. I don't cheer Baron Corbin. I can appreciate the work he does but I don't actively cheer the guy because that's a heel. I'm not supposed to like him because he does dastardly things. It's not that complicated. So that's my three count of the week, everybody. It's very passionate. And yes, if you can't tell, I'm a little upset because this company could be so great all the time and they choose not to because they don't feel like they have to work for it. It's upsetting as a fan because I know I'm still going to watch and I'm still going to want them to do better. Heck, there was a job posting for something on the writing crew. I said, well, that sounds cool, but I don't want to have that headache of having to go through 17 different people. It's a disaster. And yet, there are good things on these shows every week. Every week, there are great things on this show. I'll tell you right now, show of the week was Monday Night Raw. Fight me. You want to know why? Because as great of pacing as SmackDown normally is, and maybe I was blinded by the main event, okay? The main event was strong. The opening promo was strong. Why they're pushing Apollo Crews all of a sudden, I have no idea. But he picked up a win over Jinder Mahal this week, which is great for him. I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I had the idea that maybe uh, he and Gable should be a tag team where you've got the high flyer and Apollo Crews and the ground and pond guy in Gable. You turn rude heel. You break up that team so they're not doing anything with them. Make Gable and Crews the babyface team on Raw that they need and actually do something with them. They probably won't. But they did, oh, and they fixed the problem I knew they were going to fix, which is that they were going to have a tag team match versus a, or I should say they were going to have a tag team champion versus champion match, but they weren't really going to do Ambrose and Rollins, so they decided to remedy that situation. And then Elias and Dolph Ziggler had a great match. Ronda Rousey cut an awesome promo again. Becky Lynch cut cut a very good promo on SmackDown too. But Ronda's getting better. Props to her. Right? And the characters on Raw, they have a direction. 
SmackDown they do too, but to a little lesser of an extent for most of their roster. So you're telling me that Team Raw gets most of their team together for Survivor Series. You get a couple of great matches. You fix storyline plot holes. That's a great show to me. Yes, is it three hours and it still should only be a two-hour show and there's stuff in here that doesn't need to be there? Of course. But you had Ambrose and Rollins still feuding. We have new Raw Tag Team Champions as the Authors of Pain won a handicap match against Seth Rollins after Baron Corbin, Constable, interim GM Baron Corbin, uh, put together the match. Rollins fought gallantly against the two behemoths. And at the end of the day, AOP, the team, beat the wrestler. Great. So now there's a match. We're going to have AOP versus The Bar at Survivor Series, which, by the way, is going to be awesome. If you haven't seen AOP wrestle, I know you've only seen him in squash matches. They're great. The Bar, tremendous as always. That'll be a that'll be just a, an, an old school brawl, which you know what? On a show where nothing's on the line, I welcome an old school brawl like the bar and AOP are going to have great. You fixed a storyline and you went through with it. Awesome. Awesome. And you're telling me again, you get survivor series stuff set up, especially for the main five on five match. And I get not one, but two really good matches. Oh, and also again, they're pushing Apollo Cruz. I said that before. He and Jinder had an acceptable Raw match. Great. If you're doing something with Apollo Crews, just follow through with it. That's all I ask. Don't start and stop or have him win one week and then have him be the one that loses to Kurt Hawkins or whoever or, or some other jobber on Raw. Who cares? If you're going to do something with Apollo Crews, just follow through with it. And again, we had Babyface Elias and Dolph Ziggler cutting promos on each other and had a great match. And Elias won. What else can I ask for? I can't ask for anything more. Except I got it in the main event. Because Kurt Angle and Drew McIntyre put on the best match of the week. It's not even close, everybody. If you are a guy or gal that loves a match with ring psychology in it, this is your match. It just is. It just is. That's why Raw's the show of the week. Simple. Then we go to SmackDown. Oh, boy. The endless, monotonous promos from Paige or Shane McMahon must stop. Must. Paige is the babyface version of Stephanie McMahon. I don't need it. I know that she's hurt and she can't wrestle and you're paying her and you want her on TV. She's terrible as a GM. It's go away heat. It's got to stop. She's not, she's not a good television character when she's not wrestling. At least Daniel Bryan as general manager had some charm. She does not. She is annoying and she needs to go away. Shane McMahon being in every part of SmackDown now that he's back, also annoying. And apparently now he's on their SmackDown Survivor Series team again. Watch him be the sole survivor again. Want to bet money on it? I would. Because that's what they do. Now, I will admit, 
Daniel Bryan and The Miz being co-captains and hating each other, but having this weird, strange chemistry with each other to get things done was very entertaining on that show. So their team is Daniel Bryan, The Miz, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Shane McMahon. Now, throughout the show, they tried to pick people to be on the team, and that's what we ended up with. So the SmackDown team for right now is set. I hope it changes. I hope we don't have Shane in the match and we put somebody else in there. Orton, anybody, anybody. I'm just saying. We also apparently have another match in which tag teams are involved in a Survivor Series match. The New Day and the Usos faced each other. The Usos won the captainship and then just said, yep, you're on the team. Why'd we have the match then? Why? If they're just going to be friends with each other. I hate the Usos as baby faces. I hate them. Because now they're just... Now now they have no now they have nothing to offer to me because they're not heels cutting promos, just wrestling and being dastardly and trying to be the best. Now they're just the Usos without face paint. They're boring again. They're boring again. They don't do anything for me anymore. The Uso Penitentiary. Okay. It was cool when you were heels and you were beating people up and you had this great feud with the New Day. Now now you're just, uh, oh, and by the way, they all said that rap battle. Yeah, that's long forgotten because now they're just cool and they're friends again. Boring. I'll get to my most infuriating point of the night at the end. By the way, Paige cutting an annoying promo. She announced the whole women's SmackDown team. Charlotte didn't come out. We had Mandy Rose come out complaining that Sonya Deville was on the team and she wasn't. So Mandy Rose will probably be on the team. There'll be strife within the uh, SmackDown team, and they'll probably have Charlotte just attack Becky Lynch or Ronda or somebody or both of them during their match because they're having a match in Survivor Series. That'll set up something with either Becky and or Ronda down the line. Why not? Uh, Ray versus Almas was very good. It was it was the best part of SmackDown. Ray versus Almas was very entertaining. It's good to see that uh, Ray had somebody else to work with that is more close to his style. He doesn't always get that. Same with Almas. Very entertaining. I recommend it. Ray versus Almas. Now, why Almas isn't on the SmackDown Survivor Series team? No idea. No idea. Let's do something with these guys instead of just having them do nothing and have Shane McMahon on the team again. Nakamura cut a promo, said he would beat Rollins because he and Rollins are having a match at Survivor Series that probably nobody's going to care about that's probably going to be awesome. Nakamura versus Rollins. Yeah, dream match. It's a champion versus champion match where nothing's on the line, probably in the middle of a card or opening the show for a pay-per-view that means nothing. Great. I'm supposed to be excited about this. Why? And then the most infuriating part of the night. We had Becky Lynch come out, cut a promo. Yeah, she's still the man. Okay, whatever. You're not a man. You're a woman. I get it. It's a thing on being the man, Ric Flair. That's. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. I don't see it that way. Yeah. Let's just. Let's just emasculate the roster again. Yeah. Becky Lynch is the biggest man on the show. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that one. You see. You see people uh, buying, or you see. Uh, 
You see her shirt selling. Oh, wait, she's a heel. You're not supposed to sell merch. Oh, yeah, she comes out to her music. Everybody cheers. Change your music. I could go on and on and on about how that character annoys me. She is supposed to be booed and reviled, and she's cheered. If she's cheered, then make her a baby. Oh, wait, she was a baby face, and no one cared because of how she was booked. Oh, yeah, Nikki Cross debuted and then just lost to Becky Lynch. Why was the book? Why was the match booked? No idea. Why was Nikki Cross made to tap out? How am I supposed to care about her now? Why was she booked against the champ? I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating that Becky Lynch should have lost but I'm advocating that Nikki Cross could have squashed anyone on the roster. But no, you had her go up against the champ and lose. Oh, wait, you were in England, so you had to have the Scottish gal face the Irish gal. You infuriate me, SmackDown. You do. You could have done so many things. Now, again, Ray versus Almas, excellent. The Brian and Miz dichotomy the whole night, great. The Nakamura promo, even though you probably couldn't understand half of it, and no, that's not a racial joke. It's the point. Joe Hardy was the main event. I was bored. Because I don't need to see Jeff Hardy wrestle. Because he's not the same guy he was. I was bored. Oh, my goodness. 205, actually, Mixed Match Challenge, I'm skipping. Because it stopped being entertaining. Maybe it'll be entertaining again when it's not just goofy goofiness. Yes, I just said goofy goofiness. That's Mixed Match Challenge because it doesn't exist in the world. Much like Triple H's six different characters. Your boy, Triple H, J-Man. Your boy. Yeah, he got his win back from the, oh, wait, no, he's beaten The Undertaker twice now. Yeah, that's going to make me really want to see Michael's Undertaker now. Unbelievable. Uh, 205 Live was mostly forgettable. Uh, Mustafa Ali cut a very interesting promo saying he would beat Buddy Murphy. And then Buddy Murphy and Mark Andrews had a great match. I'm telling you, 205 Live routinely has one great match almost every week. Go out of your way to see Buddy Murphy versus Mark Andrews. It was awesome. Of course, Buddy Murphy won because he's the champ, and champs shouldn't lose weeks before the pay-per-view to somebody that's debuting. But if you want to see another match that's just high-flying from, from Andrews and then Buddy Murphy, who's more of the ground-and-pound guy, great match. Go out of your way to watch it. Go out of your way to watch Buddy Murphy versus Mark Andrews. Do it. So that's 205 Live. NXT, we had essentially, well, we had a stacked show because they had three matches, they had a promo, and they continued the storyline going into War Games. So War Games is the next NXT pay-per-view. We have the War Raiders. We have Ricochet and Pete Dunne versus the Undisputed Era. Uh, War Games was won by the Undisputed Era last year, and then in between last year and this year, we had Roderick Strong, who teamed with AOP and lost in the triple threat War Games match that also included Sanity. 
which of course have been completely forgotten since that night, essentially, because they got called up to SmackDown and have not been on TV all but twice. Heavy Machinery and Forgotten Sons had an acceptable tag team match. Uh, Jackson Riker, a.k.a. Gunner from TNA, for those of you that know, was on the uh, sidelines. Uh, he He's going to be the star of that group, I can tell you right now. Uh, Heavy Machinery picked up the win. Dakota Kai uh, looked good. I have not had high praise for Dakota Kai for a lot of her matches. She had a very acceptable match against Tanara Kachi. We had Johnny Gargano cutting a promo on why he attacked Aleister Black. That sets up their match. I'm very interested to see Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano tear the house down. I think it's going to be awesome at War Games. So there you go. And then, I'm not a fan of the Velveteen Dream. I think those of you that have listened to this podcast know that. And yet, he and Lars Sullivan had a great match. They really did. They really did. Velveteen Dream held his own against NXT's Monster. Now, at the end of the day, Ciampa came out, distracted Dream. Lars Sullivan got the win with the freak accident. And then Velveteen Dream hit his terrible elbow drop that apparently they delayed because they thought it was so devastating. No, it's bad. Velveteen Dream just has weird gold dust charisma, and he looks very awkward in the ring sometimes. And I just, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of the gimmick, the character, or just him in general. Not as much as Bianca Belair and her stupid EST gimmick. But that being said, the Velveteen Dream had a good match with Lars Sullivan. I'll give him that. So NXT, 205 Live, SmackDown, and Raw all had great things this week. All of them. I accept that. Great week of wrestling. Again. I would say watch Elias and Ziggler, McIntyre and Angle from Raw. I would watch Ray and Almas from SmackDown. I would watch Buddy Murphy versus Mark Andrews on 205 Live. And I would watch Velveteen Dream versus Lars Sullivan on NXT. So those are the five matches I would tell you to do. Uh, Again, show of the week, Monday Night Raw, for all the reasons I said. Segment of the week, I will give it to, I'll give it to, uh, I'll give it to the Daniel Bryan Miz dichotomy that went all over SmackDown uh, the whole night picking their team. I thought that was very entertaining and I actually very much enjoyed it. And uh, to me, match of the week is McIntyre versus Angle. There might've been better wrestling matches, but just based on pure psychology and the two guys involved. It's an absolute no-brainer to me. Drew McIntyre and Kurt Angle put on the best match of the week when it comes to ring psychology and telling a story. And that's all I ask. So Survivor Series, as I bring this up here, we have an updated card. We will talk at length going forward. But Survivor Series, again, coming up here in a few weeks has essentially been a champion versus champion match across the board in which nothing's on the line. Uh, actually, I should not say that. There are a, There is at least one title match where something's on the line. So here's the updated card for 2018 as soon as I get to it. 
Survivor Series 2018. Uh, the match that I can tell you will be a title match at that show will be Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Championship. That is a title match that is announced on the show. Of course, again, this is a Raw versus SmackDown show. So, of course, this is Night of Champions with all the belts and bragging rights because nothing ever matters. So, Ronda versus Becky, champion versus champion. Rollins versus Nakamura, that's the IC champion versus the United States champion. We have Lesnar and AJ Styles, that's the Universal versus WWE champion. Team Raw, as of this moment, is Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, and Baron Corbin. Team SmackDown is The Miz, Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe. The women's team is Alexa Bliss for Raw. And SmackDown has Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, and Asuka. We have AOP versus The Bar, Tag Champions versus Tag Champions. We then have a five-on-five Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination Match, which is the Usos and The New Day representing SmackDown versus To Be Determined on Raw. And as I said before, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. And of course, the night before that will be War Games, which I'm sure we will talk about at length. That will have Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black. Uh, Velveteen Dream is facing Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler will be the women's NXT Championship match. And War Games is the Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders, Ricochet and Pete Dunne. That is that card as of this moment. And of course, we have time to get into that because Survivor Series 2018 is on November the 18th. That is 10 days from now from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Big story of the week was the fact that the Bullet Club is essentially putting out their last piece of merchandise because they are saying they are done. So whether that means that uh, they are slowly just killing that storyline, there was a report that Hangman Page doesn't want to be really in the group anymore. Uh, They've actually broken up into several subgroups. For those of you that don't watch, Bullet Club is a group in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Organization. Uh, And a lot of those contracts of a lot of the top guys, they expire in 2019. So get your Bullet Club merchandise while you still can. There uh, will not be any more new shirts until this new one comes out. Uh, and then they and then they said they are done selling merch. So get your merch while you can get it uh, for Bullet Club. There are several different places you can get it if you're a Bullet Club fan or you just like the gear. Uh, that organization is close to being done. And so with that said... You should definitely go and check that out. But that is big news since a big super group in the world of pro wrestling is saying that they are essentially done selling new merchandise and they are probably slowly but surely uh, getting rid of that group and officially ending that storyline of the Bullet Club. So have that be what it is. Uh, I also did not mention, of course, that uh, Brock Lesnar is uh, the universal champion once again. We are holding the we're we're holding the universal title belt hostage and not having it on TV since you know that's what fans want. I mean seriously, why should I care about a champion who's never on TV? And I know the argument is, well, Hulk Hogan was never on TV and you saw him cut a promo and then he would wrestle on pay-per-views and that's why he held on to the belt so long cuz you never saw him. Except 
Hulk Hogan and Brock Lesnar, to me, are two totally different cases. Of course, also in two totally different eras. And to me, there is no comparison. Hulk Hogan's the Babe Ruth of wrestling. Brock Lesnar is a guy that really, quite frankly, doesn't care about the business. He gets it for a paycheck. Great. I'm all for you, but let's not put the belt on a guy that's never going to be on TV. Which, by the way, the rumor is he is only contractually uh, scheduled to wrestle two more times. So instead of Braun Strowman being your champion and just going forward with that and having Braun Strowman versus AJ Styles, a match we've never seen before, no, we got to have him show up in the UFC with the red belt. Here's your minute of impact, everybody. Uh, here's, here's, here's what I will say. The show airs on Thursdays, the night that we do these podcasts. If you were a fan of TNA, if you were a fan of impact, if you were excited when Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff came in, in uh, 2010 and 2011, and the aces and eight storyline was there. And even though it was, it sucked for a while, it finally had a payoff because bully Ray was a heel. If you had stayed away for the last couple of years, things are getting better. I say this every week. If there's one thing Impact Wrestling does, probably better than anybody else, they have definitive boundaries for their characters. Okay? I'll give you an example. Moose. Moose was a big-time babyface. He comes out to his theme of Moose, Moose, and pumps his fists and get the crowd going. Now he's wearing goofy outfits, right? He's talking a bunch of smack about the fans and basically everybody else that's not in his group. The boundary is he's a heel. There's nothing about the guy anymore that's quote-unquote cool. That's what I like. I say this before. Eli Drake's one of the best heels in wrestling. Why? Because he does things in which are not endearing for people to like him. He's good in the ring. He cuts a great promo. He probably should be in WWE, but isn't. Because sometimes they don't know how to tell talent from anything. They have boundaries. Heels, baby faces, top guys, mid guys, a tag division that's deep, a women's division that's deep that tells good stories, even if they're bizarre at times. I'm not saying they're perfect. What I am saying is they want things to make sense. They want balance. They want order. They want things to actually go in a system, in a tier. That's all they ask. That's all they want. That's your minute of impact. I probably went like three minutes there. So I'm going to close the show with this. We have 10 days till Survivor Series. War Games is the night before. We just got through this whole cluster of we have evolution and we have crown jewel and are we doing crown jewel and then we're doing crown jewel and then we're not making it worth anything. If you want people to be excited about Survivor Series, make them care. You have 10 days to add some stipulations. Make a rumble spot on the line. Heck, in the AOP bar match, whoever wins... Or I should say, whoever loses that match, they have to defend their titles the next night on Raw against a team that the winning team picks. It's that easy. You have 10 days to make Survivor Series matter. 
Otherwise, I'll watch war games and keep tabs. Or actually, I will watch Survivor Series. It's in 10 days. But make us care about it instead of my analysis, which is spot on, which is Night of Champions meets bragging rights. So that's going to wrap things up here on the Double Turn Podcast. I guess I was heel tonight and then turned babyface for about a minute and then went back heel because I'm sick and tired of the wrestling business afraid to be great every week, every month, every year. I've said this 14 times. It's not hard. J-Man, I hope that... Everything is good with your family. Again, welcome your second son to the world. Congratulations. I will have you back on the show, of course, next week. I have thoroughly enjoyed doing this as a solo show. This has been Boss Ross. This has been the Double Turn Podcast, and we will see you next week. I love Kurt Angle, if you guys couldn't tell. Comedy Kurt is back!